listening to 90% Mental, Conversations with Grant Parr. Today, we are celebrating our 100th episode, and mental performance coach Grant Parr sits down with Hunter Bishop, minor league baseball player for the San Francisco Giants, to talk about how he overcame adversity that led him to be the 10th overall pick in the 2019 Major League Baseball Draft. Hunter shares how tapping into his vulnerability allowed him to embrace hardships on and off the field so he could grow as an athlete and as a person. He also shares how he found strength in the recent loss of his mother and how her memories inspire him to always strive for greatness. Hello, everyone. Just want to jump on here real quick and just wanted to thank all of my listeners and all my guests that have been part of my show and supported my show. This is a huge milestone for me. The last three years have been just awesome, you know, hosting this show and bringing on incredible guests and talking about incredible topics. This goal of mine of hitting 100 episodes has been pretty cool. And the fact that you've been a part of it is uh, more cooler. So thank you so much. I come from a lot of gratitude right now. And I'm so excited to bring you my next episode, my next guest, who is one of my favorite people in the world, Hunter Bishop. Not only is Hunter was the, the first guest on my show, and having him to be my 100th guest or being a part of this 100th episode is it's just, to me, I'm excited. And I've had the opportunity to coach Hunter in high school and also in college, and seeing him develop into this elite athlete and this elite person is just, it's been an incredible experience to watch it from afar and also up, up close. But what he's dealt with in the last three years, the adversity that he has dealt with on the field and off the field, it's, it's an amazing story. And I can't wait to share this interview with you because you're going to be in awe on how he deals with adversity and how he actually tapped into his vulnerability to get over some hard things in his life. So with that being said, let's go talk to Hunter. Hey, Hunter, how are you, my man? What's going on? A lot of stuff, man, but I'm uh, I'm super excited to have you on my show, man. It's been a long time. What, three years ago, you were my number one guest or my first guest. And not only my first guest, but you're one of my favorite people, man. And and to have you on my show to celebrate my 100th uh, episode and to talk about adversity, man, I'm just I'm just pumped to have you on my show today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I, I remember we were talking about it earlier. I was the first one to say before it started that, uh, you know, you're going to take off after our episode. Look what <laughs> happened. You know, it's just the start still. Totally, man. Totally. Well, the whole premise of getting you back on my show um, is to talk about adversity, which I think... Uh, you know, not only did I go through adversity throughout my life, but I think it's um, we need as people we just need to understand that adversity is a good thing, and we just have to allow ourselves to to get lessons from it. And before we get into your, kind of your journey and your story of dealing with adversity, I always talk about mental toughness when I start off my shows. So I will always ask this question about mental toughness. So what does what does mentally tough mean to you? Um, I think mentally tough, you know, you hear that word thrown around a lot mm -hmm. and I think people they can view mental toughness as, you know, I have to be the strongest person mentally, but I think it's quite the opposite sometimes for me, at least when I want to be mentally tough, it's, you know, I'm vulnerable, um, exposing myself to uncomfortable situations because I think that's where you grow the most as an individual. 
So I think it's important that, you know, people realize that while being mentally tough is has to do with the, the strength aspect of your mind, I also think it's allowing yourself to, you know, be exposed to maybe embarrassment or fear of a situation to where when you're vulnerable, that's when you grow the most. So I think for me, I always thought that mental toughness was, like I said, it was all about like, oh, I got to be mentally tough in this position. I got to be strong. But I think for me, what I've grown the most is being vulnerable. Mm, that's it, man. I, I love it. Uh, you know, I always say this, and it's, I actually got that from my mentor, but uh, victory goes to the vulnerable. And I think vulnerability, even though that word, you know, I think back in the day, people thought it was uh, a weak thing to be vulnerable, but it's actually a strong thing. And the fact that you allow yourself to be vulnerable during mentally tough situations is awesome. It's cool. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, man. It's, it, you know, it takes a long time, I think, and I'm obviously not even close to there. I think everybody's uncomfortable with being vulnerable because it's such a, you know, sometimes it can be perceived and viewed as, as a weak state. Mm-hmm. Um, like, just for example, something with the mental health or, you know, people are so scared to voice their opinion or ask for help. But to be honest, I think that's a big thing in mental health is being vulnerable enough to ask for help or being vulnerable to to seek whatever you're trying to find. Um, so it, it can get much deeper than just this, but totally. I think for mental <laughs> toughness, that's, yeah, I think for mental toughness, that's, you know, my thoughts on it. Big time, big time. Well, can you share a specific time though, throughout your career where you had to be mentally tough? Yeah. I mean, there's so many, so <laughs> many times in my, just my athletic career alone where I've had to be mentally tough. But I think for me, um, it's a tough subject, but, you know, one, I'm pretty vulnerable and open about, and, you know, the situation with my mom, she just passed away two months ago. It still, you know, sucks every day to, to even think about it. But for me, I had to be mentally tough for my dad, my brother's new wife, you know, it's just, there's so many new things going on in me in my life. And, you know, it was so unexpected. You know, we knew she was going to pass at some point with the disease she had, but you never expect it to be, you know, in the now. So for me, being mentally tough and vulnerable and allowing myself to, you know, cry if I want to cry or talk to somebody about it. Um, you know, I, I felt as if that for my whole entire family made us extremely tough mentally. And, you know, it made me grow up pretty fast too. So just a situation like that, man, you know, you never want to see someone in that situation, but it's part of life. Sometimes, you know, you're going to be throwing curveballs and you just kind of got to react and go with the flow. And I think, like I said, I, I keep going back to this, but it's all about, being vulnerable and allowing yourself to kind of get outside of what you, you feel comfortable with. So, Absolutely. And, and I want to, you know, later in the podcast, we'll talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, kind of your experience, a little bit more um, intimate with your mom and, and the whole charity for mom charity that you're, that you and your brother run. Um, and, and you might, with this question, you might actually bring up vulnerability again but, you know, you have throughout your collegiate, I mean, throughout your life, but throughout your, your collegiate years of playing at ASU and transitioning into a professional baseball player for the San Francisco Giants, you know, you've dealt with incredible things, like awesome things throughout your life. But you've also had to deal with a lot of adversity, too. So what do you think, and I know this is a broad question, but what do you think you've learned the most about just dealing with adversity? Um, Man, there's... It's a big question, but I think the the biggest thing I've learned about adversity is nothing's ever going to be perfect in life. Like, take sports out of it. I mean, obviously, sports is 90% of my life, but just in life, I think adversity 
is going to throw you different things and it's so unexpected and it's so not perfect. You know, everybody, I think everybody's trying to be perfect in a, in an unperfect world. I, I mean, I think I'm saying that right. Um, yeah. But it's just, life is, it's so valuable, but it's so unperfect. Um, I think there's different situations or there's people you're going to come across or for my example, there's death. And I think adversity is such a, a topic that is kind of scary to be talked about because people don't want to face adversity, but I think when you just take it head on and you realize that life's not perfect, I think you're more apt to deal with it because I think the more perfect you try to be and the more perfect you act like your life is, the more imperfect it's going to end up. So mm. I think if you're okay with being not perfect and realizing that life's going to throw you curveballs, you know, you're going to have to deal with them. So I think that's the biggest thing I learned, man. It's just accept it. acceptance and moving forward with your life. So I think that's the biggest thing I've had to kind of learn. And I'm still learning every day, you know, like I said, no one's perfect. So totally just trying to grow for sure. You know, and, and I think maybe, um, I mean, I don't want to say perfectionism might have played, uh, or maybe it could be pressure when you were playing at ASU, but going back to ASU, you, as a freshman, I mean, you were the man. Like, you know, you lit it up, and you had an awesome year. And obviously, you had some struggles your sophomore year, and it was a very tough year for you. And then your junior year, you bounced back and basically became the best baseball player in college. I mean, you were named that in the middle of the year, how do how did you overcome the the struggles your sophomore year? Yeah, I went to some pretty dark places. It was not fun and it sucked every day. But I think for me, when I realized she ain't giving up, I'm definitely not giving up. You know, it would have been easy for me to just kind of throw in the towel and say, "Oh, well, I sucked my sophomore year. It's time to go my junior year." You know, um, or it's 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 just going to be another junior. Like here we go, whatever. You know, I work twice as hard. I prepared my mind I prepared my body I I think it's important to feed your mind as much as you feed your body you know you go lift you go you go eat well I think it's just important to take care of your routine your mental preparation um, I think that was the biggest key for me because the talent was always there you know as people saw in the freshman year they'd always say like I always told my dad I'm so tired of hearing people say oh well he has the potential you know potential is the biggest piece of bs word I've ever heard in my life like you either have it or you don't but I did something about it you can either do something about it or not do something about it so for me I was so determined to prove people wrong I heard people saying every kind of thing I'm a bust I'm I'm gonna be a fifth round half pick like you know what I was from the moment I stepped on the campus I was determined to prove myself right and prove others wrong who were down me so right uh, for me I was just really determined man I think anybody can achieve it if you dive into the mind you know, it's great about this is when I was, you know, when you're at SU, there was a lot of times where during the day and I have, you know, I have the opportunity of working from home. So I, I watched a lot of your games while you were playing and, or your sophomore year when I was listening to, like, like you were saying, I was listening to these, these announcers. And to me, I was getting pissed off. I'm like, dude, you guys are like ripping into this dude. And you're like, you're like almost like giving up on this guy just because he's having, he's going through a little bit of a drought and it, it pissed me off. But then it, I, I started to kind of, because I know you and I've seen you uh, develop over the years since high school, that you went through something like this playing football. Like when you were a wide receiver, you had, you were dealing with some, some issues with catching the ball, especially like when you were wide open, but you overcame that. 
So I was like, if he overcame that, he can overcome this. And, and I know that there was probably some other different dynamic you were dealing with your sophomore year, but it was just, I, I knew it. I knew it was in you because I knew the talent was in you, but I, I knew that you could actually overcome it because you have the heart, like you care. And I know, cause that's, that's kind of the special thing about Hunter is like, you just got this jovial, big heart for people, big heart for your craft. And I just knew that you're going to come back, but to come back the way you did your junior year was just storybook, man. It was just beautiful. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was definitely a special time and a year I've never seen that. But, you know, as me and you have talked about um, countless times, you know, we're only going to continue to grow. And I think that's – people get complacent, but I think that's something that you'll never do, man. You, From the first time you had me on your show to now, I mean, look how much you continue to build your brand and continue to – you know, expand on the people you talk to and the conversations. And I mean, I'm, I'm just thankful enough to be on this, this podcast. It's, it's real cool. Awesome. Um, so it's, it, yeah, it's really cool. Beautiful. Well, thank you for that, man. And, uh, it's, it's always an honor to have you on my show, but I, I do want to just talk a little bit about, about that junior year because, you know, I had to fight through this throughout my life, being the man and then not being the man for a long time. And now I feel I got a, I got my life back, right? So in a short amount of time, you had to deal with, like, you know, you were the man, not the man. Now you're the man. But when you were going through, you were having your junior campaign and you were just, just rocking it. Did you feel, like, how did you feel during your junior year? Did you feel free? Did you feel back? like you were like normal or did you feel like you had all this pressure because once you were like named like the best player in college in the middle of the year did you feel pressure or was it more like inspiration or motivation um i actually funny on that i heard something today from Scott Morris who's my my agent and he said that pressure is a or and Garrett Cole said it as well he just signed the Yankees he said pressure is a privilege and i think i think that's one of the best statements i've ever heard in my life and i think it's something i really do live by i don't Pressure doesn't really hit me. I think the thing that kind of makes me keep going is I'm always scared. I'm always fearful of, is it, is it a mistake? You know, like, am I doing this by mistake? Is it, is it mm-hmm. by luck I'm doing this? So I think, although that's like a, it's a negative thought, I think that's a thought that always drives me to keep going and keep pushing to be even better. And I think that's what you see in these elite players. And I'm not, I'm not categorizing myself into that yet. Of course not, but, it's the elite mindset of you're kind of, you're kind of on the fringe of being in fear of, am I just getting lucky or is this actually how good I am? You know, cause it makes you keep wanting to drive. It makes you keep wanting to get better. It makes your results double, honestly. And I think that's always, it's always, you know, and when you fail, it can get a little testy with your mind and that's just all part of adversity as you were talking about. But again, I think this pressure is an absolute privilege. And I think when you're a little fearful of, Oh, am I getting lucky? It makes you, push even freaking harder so i i really like that that i have that and i think it's something that it drives me to be better every day you know i love that saying i I heard that saying um i had tiffany roberts on my show actually tiffany roberts haydack who is the uh university of central florida women's soccer coach but she also played on the on the on the women's uh national team in the you know late 1990s and the early 2000s so she she was part of the all the medals and, and the World Cups. And she was saying back then, they were saying that uh, pressure is a privilege. 
and and she even brings it up. She's like, how are diamonds made by pressure? So it was kind of this idea of like, let's get in a pressure situation. It's what we want. And if we can actually get in that situation and own it, then we're going to shine like diamonds. When she said that, I was like, wow, man, that makes sense. Yeah, hell yeah. Totally, totally. Well, speaking of shining and diamonds, right? Um, let's talk about when you actually transferred out of ASU. So you're you're moving on, and you get drafted by the Giants, San Francisco Giants, as a 10th overall pick in the 2019 draft. What... Explain to me what was what were you feeling when they drafted you in the tenth pick? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, very surreal feeling growing up, going to World Series games, watching bombs hit homers into the cove. Um, it's something that I always dreamed about. I think playing in front of like you know my family. Um, so I don't know. It, it's it's it kind of gives me the chills when I talk about it. It's <laughs> it, it's pretty cool. I remember meeting with Barry Bowman's about a the draft and um it was actually like a private meeting with Barry Bonds and a couple of other Giants people and you know, honestly at the time I was like, Wow, let's do this right now. Um let's <laughs> let's just do it. You know, obviously the draft's super unpredictable so you don't know, but I was blessed enough to, you know, get drafted by them and it all worked out. Um so I couldn't be happier. Um I'm super blessed to have the opportunity but man, it's only the start. I'm I'm super excited to see where this thing can go. Absolutely, yeah. I remember watching the video. Of, actually, I, I believe it was on TV um, when they drafted you, and you had all you know, you had all your closest friends and family. And yeah, and what was really cool about it is to see because for me, the whole experience of the draft, it was I say it's a double double because here here I have this relationship with you. I've I've known you and I've coached you and I've seen and I'm seeing you like going through this incredible experience and then in the fifth round one of my best friend's son was actually picked by the Phillies he was a pitcher and so watching you hug your dad and having that moment and then I see like within a couple hours later I see my best friend hugging his son after he gets you know drafted to me it was um it was a special moment because to to hold your dad, whether if your mom or your dad, through that moment, I can only I can only imagine like what that feels like when you're actually on that stage and you get to experience it with your with your family. Yeah, I mean, so so special. I mean, I kind of it makes me that's like I don't get teary eyed about much. But <laughs> remembering that moment when I was hugging my dad is pretty special. Knowing that you know my mom. I wish she could have been there, man. It was totally. It was it was a really special moment, and um, it's something I'll never forget. You know, she she's probably so. I, I, you know, now she can watch me play again, so it's pretty cool. Um, I, I'm really, I'm really. Like I guess I'm really blessed to be in a situation, man. But that's a moment I'll never forget, man. Yeah, totally, man. But I was I was grinning for you. I was feeling really good, and uh, it was cool to see that experience. You know. When you're actually, when you get picks like that, though, when you're the 10th overall, I mean, we as fans are like, wow, this must be an awesome feeling, and he's arrived, he's made it. Well, now, like you said earlier, it's just the beginning, and you, you know, you're very excited for the future. So how are you dealing with that now? Like, do you feel, because you are the 10th overall pick, do you feel a lot of pressure, and have you, how, how have you dealt with the transition into your first year of baseball with the Giants? 
it's definitely definitely different um definitely different than even the college lifestyle i think uh i think college you know you're kind of pampered especially the visual one you get the nice hotels you get the nice food you get the airplanes but then you get to the minor leagues and it's like you know you're right back at the bottom again you got to make your way all the way up and it's obviously a lot more worth it once you start getting towards the bigs but um yeah it's it's, it's pretty awesome how different is the talent? I mean, obviously, I know that as when you make it to the big leagues, I know the talent's going to be completely different from college. But going from class, you know, going from college to class A, how different is the talent? Uh, it's not as big as you like the big of a difference as you think, man. It's pretty impressive how how many skilled guys there are in mm. uh, in, the, in the lower levels. You know, maybe they're just not doing something right, or maybe they just got drafted. You know, so there's there's so much talent at the lower levels and. There's so much talent in Division One baseball. So, I mean, either way, you're playing some damn good baseball players. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, when you think about your your whole career, what do you think you've learned the most about yourself up until now? Um, just to keep going. Um, there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, but you just got to keep pushing through the bad times to, to get to the good ones. Um, I think there's so many times where you're in a bad spot and you think it's never going to end, but as long as you just keep grinding and keep working your ass off, you know, it's, it's all about just pushing through the bad times because for me, when you get to the good part, it's so worth it. So you just got to go through the bad ones to get to the good ones. Absolutely. Now, how do my followers, how do they, or my listeners, how do they follow you on social media and connect with you? And how can they actually learn a little bit more about for mom, the charity that you and your brother run? Yeah, so formom.org is our website. We have some really good stuff on there. We're also about to renovate our merchandise, too, so it's going to get a huge upgrade. And we have an event March 8th in Scottsdale for spring training at, uh, at Top Golf, so it'll be pretty special. But uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter. I got them all, so um, <laughs> whatever's good. But hopefully we can get some people out to that Scottsdale event and, you know, start making a difference. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, Man, Hunter, I want to thank you for just taking some time to to get back on my show and just kind of sharing your thoughts on adversity and, and kind of getting everybody up to speed on kind of what you've been going through the last couple of years. But man, like I just think the world of you, uh, and I can't wait to see you and see you thrive in your career. And uh, I just love you, man. Like you're it, man. So I appreciate you being on my show. GP, always got love for you, my man. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it.